everyone. Thanks for checking out the Citizens Podcast. We are the high school student ministry at Maranatha Bible Church, and we meet on Sundays at 11 a.m. in the student wing. If you enjoy this podcast, we would love it if you posted it on your Instagram story and tag at NBC Citizens. Thanks again for joining us and enjoy. All right, it's been a minute since I've been here. So, yeah. USA, USA. USA. <laughs> nice. All right, you guys got to keep that tradition. No matter where you're at, you always have to bring that up, whether you're a camp, mission strip, uh, Target. Don't do it at Walmart, but anywhere else you can do it, all right? All right, so we're going to do, uh, today as, we, as I was thinking what to teach you guys this morning, I felt like the Lord was leading me to this passage. I kept praying, and I didn't want to do it because it's my favorite story, and I feel like I gravitate towards this story a lot, but I wanted to go to some, teach something, something else, but then it's like I just kept coming back to it. But we're going to be in John chapter 4, uh, which is the story of the woman at the well. And the way I want to start this message is I want to ask you guys a question. Are you satisfied with your life? Be honest. You don't need to answer to me. Think about the answer in your, in your head. Are you satisfied with your life? Are you happy where you're at? When you're laying in bed at night and you have nothing distracting you, you're trying to go to sleep, and you are just left by yourself and your thoughts, are you satisfied? You're keeping through, you're looking through your minds, you're looking through, all right, imagining maybe different scenarios, different things, and you kept coming back to the question, man, am I satisfied? Am I content with where I am? Are you content where you are with relationships with friends? Are you content with where you are uh, with, you know, work? If you're working, are you content where you are with relationships? If you have a boyfriend or a girlfriend, are you content with how you are in your relationship with God? Are you satisfied is the question. So we're going to be in chapter 4 of John. And this is my favorite story in the Bible. Because you get to see a clear picture of what Jesus came to do. Jesus said that his mission for his, in his ministry in earth was to seek and to save the lost. That's what he did. That's what he wanted to do. He made it a purpose to seek, to seek those that were lost and to share with them the good news of the gospel. And in this story, you get to see Jesus doing exactly that with this woman. A woman that was marginalized. She was a woman with a past history of relationship. She was segregated in her culture. Nobody wanted to be around her. The fact that she's going to get water at the time of the day that she went, whether it was at noon or 6 p.m., whatever you land on that interpretation, no matter. She went, to, she, she went by at a time that no one else will go because she was not embraced. The fact that she had up to six relationships t- says, uh, says a lot about her in that culture. She was looked down upon. She was not embraced. She was someone that you would have said it was the worst of the worst of the least of the least. And yet you see in this passage how Jesus have the in- intentionality to go out of his way to meet with this woman so that he can share something with her. So John chapter 4, we'll start in verse, uh, verse 1. It says, now, when Jesus learned that the Pharisees had heard that Jesus was making uh, and baptizing more disciples than John, although Jesus himself did not baptize, but only his disciples, he left Judea and departed again for Galilee. Now, look what it says here in verse 4. And he had to pass through Samaria. That's key right there. He had to pass through Samaria. 
Why did Jesus have to pass through Samaria? Keep in mind, Samaria, if you didn't know this, Samaria was a town that at the time uh, it was hated. Like there was tension between Israelites and between Jewish people and Samaritans. There was, past, uh, there was a bad blood between the two. So a Jewish person will be willing to go the long route, travel an extra day so that they wouldn't go through Samaria because they didn't want it to have any mingling with those people. And yet you see early on in the story, Jesus says, or the, the, the record says that Jesus had to pass through Samaria. Verse 5. So he came to a town of Samaria called Seashore, near the field that Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Joseph's well was there. So Jesus, weary as he was from his journey, was sitting beside the well. It was about the sixth hour. A woman from Samaria came to draw water. And Jesus said to her, Hey, give me a drink. So not only a Samarian woman, but also the fact that she was a woman, something that was like didn't look, look down upon. Jesus is a teacher. It wouldn't be expected for him to be able to be doing those things. So he says, all right, for his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, how is it that you, a Jew, ask for a drink from me, a woman of Samaria? She's in shock. She can't believe it. Really? You're asking me? To get you water, you're a Jew, and I'm a woman from Samaria nonetheless. For Jews had no dealing with Samarians. So Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that is saying to you, Give me a drink, you will have asked him, and he would have given you living water. And the woman said to him, Sir, you have nothing to draw water with, and the well is deep. Where do you get that living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob? He gave us the well and drank from it himself, as did his sons and his livestock. Verse 13, Jesus said to her, Everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks of the water that I will give him will never be thirsty again. The water that I will give him will become in him a spring of water welling up to the eternal life. And so she says, The woman said to him, Sir, Give me this water so that I will not be thirsty or have to come to here to, come to draw water. All right, so the question, are you satisfied? Are you satisfied with where you're at in life? There is one uh, uh, true in life. I mean, there's many true in life, but there's one thing that is true of every single one of us. Every single one individual, whether you're a Christian or not a Christian, whether you believe in uh, Muslim theology, whatever it's called, Muslim, or whether you believe in any other sort of theology or religion, there is one key truth that is, uh, that is true of every single one of us. Every single one of us has a void in our life. There is a desire for something greater. Ecclesiastes 3-11 talks about how every single one of us has eternity in our hearts. There is this void in our life that there's something within you that pushes you for something more. Like the fact that you want something more than what life has given you is the result of that void in your life. Now here's what we do as human beings is that we will, do, we will expend our entire life looking for ways to fill that void. So what do people do? They look into relationships. Well, if I can have this many friends, then that void in my life will be filled, and then I will be satisfied. And they do that. They spend their life looking for friends. They have one friend, two friends, three friends, four friends, five friends, and yet that void remains a void. Then there are those that will say, no, I just need some, someone special. I need not just a, a friend. I need somebody that is focused on me, somebody that prioritizes me in their life, someone that cares about me, that they, they, they will be my boyfriend or my girlfriend. So that person, once they get that, then I will be satisfied. And so they go from one relationship 
but that doesn't work. They go to the next relationship, that doesn't work. They go to the next relationship, and that doesn't go. And then you continue to continue to continue, and the result is always the same. There's an emptiness. There's a void in their life. Nothing is filling that void. Then you go for those that are wrestling with identity. Hey, if I can become this, if I lean in this way, then I will be satisfied. If I can be true to myself, if I can do this and that, then I will be satisfied. So they go here and they choose this identity, and then that's not enough because that void is still not filled. So they're going to go here and they're going to try something else. They're going to try something else, something else, and then yet the result is always the same. When they go to bed at night, they, don't, they feel that void in their life. Are they satisfied? You make the same case about possessions, about careers, about whatever you fill the blank. Each of us are thriving, have a desire to feel that void in our life. And in the story here, you see a perfect representation of that going on. You had a woman that if we were to continue reading, we will find out that this was a woman that had five, had, had five husbands and she was going into her sixth husband. Her sixth relationship. That the way that she was filling that void was through relationship. She thought that it was the minute. So she goes to a well to get water. And thinking of the water, you know, when you're thirsty, you will drink water. <sighs> it feels good, right? Especially if you came out of, like, if you're playing basketball or pickleball or ping pong. I got you. Or you're playing nothing. You, maybe you're just thirsty sitting on your couch. You get thirsty. There's nothing better than grabbing a cold water with ice. And just swallowing that, right? Everybody go, ah. All right, like, yeah, yeah. Amen. That feeling of that instantaneous feeling of like, man, this feels good. Like, that's what every single one of us try to do with that void. We try to fill that void with things that can satisfy us, that get us into that point where we're like, ah. And yet the result is always the same. We continue to thirst for more. We want more. We look for other things. We try new things. We experiment new things because we think that those will bring to us satisfaction and fulfillment. And in the story, Jesus is interacting with this woman. And he's saying, he's using this water as a representation of what he's doing. He said, hey, look, you've been on this pursuit of happiness. You've been on this pursuit of filling that void with relationship, with things. And the result is always the same. You get water from that well, and guess what? You'll be thirsty again, so you come back, come back for more water. But listen, what I have to give to you, what I'm offering you, what I have to give to you is a source of fulfillment, a source of satisfaction that once you get it, you will thirst no more. That once you drink from that water that he's offering you, once you drink from that water that he's offering you, you will thirst no more. That it will be one of this, ah, for good. That's the idea that Jesus is trying to carry with this woman. Now, she's in shock because she doesn't understand. It says here that, you know, like the woman said, Sir, have you nothing to draw water and the well is deep? Where did you get this living water? Like, come on, man. Like, you got not even a cup to get the water out of here. Like, how are you going to make this possible? So he continues and he elaborates. Are you great? And she continues to elaborate. Are you greater than a father, Jacob? You mean to tell me that the guy who built this well, you're better than him? That you're greater than him? He who gives us well and drink from it himself and, as did his son and his life stuff? And then Jesus says to him one more time. He will re remind her of this. He says, everyone who drinks of this water, of this water, this well, will thirst again. 
anyone that tries to find satisfaction from this well will drink again. They will not truly be satisfied. They will be thirsty again. But he says one more time, but whoever drinks of the water that I will give him will never be thirsty again. The water that I give him will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. So, are you satisfied? How will you answer that question? Are you satisfied with your life? Think about it. Are the friendships in your life, are they bringing you satisfaction? When you're laying at home in bed at night, nobody looking at you, nobody talking to you, just you and your thoughts. Are you content with where you're at? With your relationships, with your friendships, with uh, your boyfriend and girlfriend, your careers, your desire of college, all those different things that you're using to find, to fulfill that void, are you satisfied? Or do you find yourself pushed to looking for new things and other things? Three things I just want to say with you guys, and then we're going to be done today. We're going to be done very early, so you guys are in good hands. Um, number one, we all attempt to fill the void. That's the truth of every single one of us. Understand that. Each one of us, whether you realize or not, you are going to attempt for the rest of your life to fill that void. That void that Ecclesiastic 3.11 talks about, how eternity has been set in our hearts. You're going to spend the rest of your life attempting to fill that void. And you're going to look for all the wrong places. You'll be encouraged to look at all the different wells that this world has to offer. In the, under the criteria, under the umbrella that if you drink from this well, you will not thirst again. And you know what result will always be? You looking for more water to drink. That the wells that this world has to offer, that are out there, that they will tell you, hey, this is, the one, this is the latest thing, the latest model. If you drink from this well, you will never thirst again. That they will tell you, drink from it, and you will be satisfied. You will be happy. You will find purpose and fulfillment. Drink from it. And then you'll drink from it, and nothing will change. You'll find yourself maybe satisfied in that moment. But coming the next day, coming the next week, the next month, you're back looking for more water in that well. So we all look for water. Number two, we would all fail to fill that void in our life. Every single one of us, as we're attempting to fill that void, we would all fail to fill it if it's done on our own strength. There's nothing that you can do to fill that void. Understand that. In a culture like ours today will tell you that you can find your own happiness. You can find your own purpose. You can find your own worth. You can find your own satisfaction, and that is the message that is constantly thrown at you guys every single day of your life. In school, social media, uh, you know, game, whatever you're at, that's the message that is keep, is keep being told at you every single time, every single day. You can find fulfillment on your own. You can find worth on your own. You can find purpose on your own. You can find satisfaction on your own. And the reality is, just like we see in the story, that that is not able to happen when we do that on our own strengths. You and I would always fail to fill that void on our own strength. And then number three, only the gospel of Jesus can fill that void in your life. When it says here, Jesus talks to her, and I love that he takes the time to address her. And the tenderness and the care that he has for this woman. A woman that was marginalized, that was looked down upon, 
that for many people she would have been a waste of time. That the fact that he was talking to her was uh, uh, mind-boggling or, or shocking to him or to her. That she couldn't believe that someone like him would be talking to her. And Jesus takes the time to give her an invitation and say, hey, look, this well that you're coming here for, you may get water, but you'll drink again. But what I have to offer to you, this water that I have to offer to you, once you drink it, you will never You will never be thirsty again. That is the message of the gospel. We're told that Jesus came to give life and life in abundance. John 10.10. Not John 4. That's the story of the woman of the well. But John 10.10 talks about how Jesus came. The thief thief came to steal and to destroy. But the Son of God came to give life and life in abundance. That you can only fill that void in your life. That the only thing that can fill that void in your life is that message that Jesus, the Son of God, was willing to come to this world to live the life of a, bro- of a man, to deal with the same struggles and temptations that we will face, yet never without sinning. Yet never without sinning. And that he lived a perfect life to the point of death, that while dead on the cross, he's died for all of your sin, past, present, and future, so that through that death and the fact that he rose three days later from the dead, He was able to provide a bridge, a way of connection between you and I who are broken, who are sinners, who have nothing to bring to the table. He provided a way so that now we can have a relationship with the Father. And through that sacrifice, he provides in us abundance of life, an instantaneous abundance of life that we don't need to search for water because in him, in that moment when we believe, we immediately get abundance of life. That there is no more reason or no more excuse as to why we continue on this pursuit of fulfillment and satisfaction. That satisfaction and fulfillment is exclusively found on what Jesus did for us on the cross. And although this world and culture will tell you otherwise, to look for those things everywhere else, that true fulfillment in that void is only found in what Jesus done on the cross. And if you have believed in that message of Jesus, of what he has done on the cross, That is where you will find your satisfaction, the true satisfaction. Now, here's what what happens. It's like a blind, it's like a man that is able to see and chooses to be blind. You and I, when the moment we believe in the message of the gospel, the moment you say, yes, Jesus, I'm a sinner, and I need your love, and I need you to take control of my life, and I need to live in a way that brings you honor and glory, forgive me of my sin, I believe in you, and you make that decision. Your eyes are open. You have now experienced fullness of life. You have now been fully satisfied. You can see things for what they are. Your eyes have been open. But this is what most of us do. Even though we are able to see, we grab our hands and we make ourselves blind. And we live our life like this. Even though we are able to see. We know that abundance of life, that satisfaction is exclusively found in that relationship with Jesus. We know that, but when it comes to, the, to, the, to, the, to, when it comes to apply it, we ignore that and we go out looking for wells. Even though we know that there's no well that can bring us eternal fulfillment, fulfillment we still go out looking for more. And then we ask ourselves the question, are you satisfied? And if the answer is no, we're shocked. It's like, man, how come I'm not satisfied? How come I'm still wrestling with these things? How come, how come I'm still wrestling with worth, 
with commitment, with passion, with identity. Why, how come I'm still dealing with all these things? And when you look at your track record, you find that even though there was a day that you believe in the message of the gospel, you have made it up on yourself to seek for all the different wells that this world has to offer and ignoring the only well that can bring you fulfillment of life, which is in Jesus. So, are you satisfied? Are you satisfied of your life? When you are at home laying in bed, Nobody there. Nobody can hear your thoughts but yourself. You're talking to yourself. Are you happy with your life? Have you found that all these different wells that you continue to pursue, are they bringing in you that fulfillment that you're so desperately seeking? Or have you forgotten or maybe ignored the only well that can truly bring satisfaction? The answer is no. My challenge for you is, Go back to the basics. Go back to the well that has a spring of water that whoever drinks from that well will not thirst again. A well that is based on abundance of life. A well that is based on what Jesus did on the cross for you and me. So go back to that. That is where you will find your fulfillment. That is where you will find your purpose. That is where you're going to find your worth. And that is where you're going to find your identity. Go to the well of Jesus. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you so much for today. Thank you for the opportunity that we have to open your word and to be able to discuss the things that you have done for us, Lord, that even though we don't deserve any of this, you were still willing to die on the cross for our sin and our mistakes and how through your resurrection you allow us now to find fulfillment. Father, I pray for any of us here that have been attempting to find satisfaction anywhere else apart from you, that we will be, our eyes will be open to what we have been doing, that we will be intentional in seeking after you, of going back to the well, the only well that has the water that brings fulfillment, that we will run back to you, Lord. Pray if there's anybody here today that does not know you as their personal Savior, and maybe they have made it their life purpose to seek for purpose and, and to seek for all of these different things, Lord, and they keep coming empty-handed. I pray, Lord, that you would open their eyes to realize that the reason why they keep coming empty-handed is because they're looking at all their own places. That only in you they can find fulfillment. And I pray that every single one of us will seek after you, knowing that you're the only source that can fill that void. We pray this in your name. Amen. All right, guys. Good morning and sitting.